With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, this is the show that I've been waiting on. This is the show that we had <laughs> the big red circle around, Brian. Mm-hmm. This is this is the one. This is the one that I'm telling everybody about you need to listen tonight. If you can't listen, we're going to download it. We're going to mail it out to you. However we can get it to you, we need to get it to you. Brian, this is this is the show. I won't say it again, but, <laughs> but this is the one. When you went to, uh, Brian, I don't know if you went to Mr. James website or not, but I know you've been hearing great things about him from all around northern Florida. What have you heard? You know, I had I didn't get a chance to go to the site, but I know about the reclaiming the land crusade. And oh so, boy! And you know, and I and I have been keeping a close eye on on the other things of uh, what we're going to talk about tonight with ex-felons and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, especially in an election year like this, yeah. you know, that becomes a crucial point where, you know, you have both sides that have, you know, somewhat valid arguments, you know, in their opinions. You know, but we're going to find out what Mr. James is doing to- tonight, and we're going to share that with all of our listeners because I think what he's doing is very intriguing. Right. I don't, I don't think an hour is enough time to find out everything that he's doing because he's doing so much. And the beautiful thing about this, Brian, it's, he's the type of person that it, it's not about him. It's all about ministering and helping others. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing about what he's doing. And I had the, 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 the wonderful opportunity of being blessed by hearing him speak. Right? I, I, I remember hearing him speak probably 15 years ago. I'm telling my age now, but it was about 15 years ago. And I and I can still tell you, I, I, I can say, wow, now, even now, from listening to him. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my goodness. We're getting there. We're getting there, Brian. Do you want to bring him in, Brian? I can do that. Our special guest tonight is Mr. Gregory James. And, Mr. James, are you there? I'm here, Brian. Listen, I want to say to you and Greg, listen, thank you all so much for the invitation. And I, I, I can say that it's obvious that you all had, have really let the listening audience know that perhaps there is something that I'm drum majoring and that I have a passion for. So I want to thank you all so much for giving me an opportunity to sit tonight and share with you about what the orders I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, Mr. James, we are excited about what you're doing, not just for Florida. I I believe this thing is going to take root and just go all over this country. I really do believe that because what you're doing is such a wonderful thing, and I I know who's ordering your steps with this. No matter who tries to come against this, we know that you've been equipped to do what you need to do to get the job done. And I wanted you to tell the people how you got involved in this type of walk that you're in right now. Well, I tell you, Greg, it it definitely came through much pain. It's as if, you know, I had to go through a series of labor pains in order to give birth to the mandate that I have on my life, and, and, and you know, Greg, you know the story, you visited my website, and we've had an opportunity to share. You know that for the last almost 12 years, I've been in federal prison, and it was through that experience. I mean, I, before going to prison, I pastored 
in the North Florida area, pastor one of the leading churches in the Gaston County area. And my fall led me into what I would call outer darkness because prison was a, a world that I had no understanding of. So being there, Greg, gave me an opportunity to come to grips with the fact that I made some bad choices and gave me a grips to come to understand the real passion and the real drum beat of my heart when it came to ministry. So so the the, the birthing of reclaiming the land, it, it, it really came through the pains of prison, I must say that. Wow. He had to say, you know what, let me say this. You know, a, a lot of times people say when we make bad choices, it's a bad choice, it's a bad this, 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 this. But there's some good that can come out of that bad choice, am I right? Oh, oh, believe me, believe me, there is so much good that can come out of any bad situation. I mean, it's kind of like uh, you being able to have manure thrown on your grass. Eventually, that grass is going to become greener, and perhaps your yard will look better than any other yard in the neighborhood. So <laughs> I must say that that <laughs> I must say that the, the the manure that I created that was thrown on my life gave opportunity for a birthing of such a mandate as reclaiming the land and 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 being in prison, being able to feel the hearts and hear the cries and be a part of such a unforgotten nation has really increased my level and my passion for ministry, Greg. And, and Brian, I must say that 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 you're very kind in knowing that 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 even though prison perhaps appears to be an unforgotten nation, you understand the treasure that's behind prison walls. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I always said that there are some of the greatest minds that are that are locked away because of choices. And, you know, that's something that you talked about. You made some bad choices. And Greg and I talk about this all the time with choices. You know, what are some of the ways that, what is, you know, and I don't want to talk too much about your past, you know, but I want to take you from the point where you made some of those bad choices to now. So my question is, what do you think, led you into your bad decisions, into those bad choices that you made? Well, you know, I mean, I must admit to you, Brian, and I must say this without any contradiction that I cannot blame anyone for the choices I made. I made those choices, and it was a matter of wanting to do and be a part of what others were doing just a sense of feeling a belonging. And that's, that's one of the major problems that not only our young generation is facing, but many of our adults. I mean, we're faced with the situation of feeling a sense of belonging, and we do things that we normally wouldn't do. We go places we normally wouldn't go, and we end up with consequences that we normally wouldn't have. And so, so that's where I saw myself. Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Brown. I mean, uh, Mr. James. I um, I I was at a detention center just yesterday, and I have a lot of the guys that are going to be listening right now. Uh, the title of the show tonight, we know, is reclaiming the land, but. We had on there, use your wings, and we know that that's what you're doing right now. I, I, I want you, and this is probably the last time I'll ask you this tonight, and Brian and I, we, we promise that we'll go on because we know that there's a lot of things that you want to get out there. There's a lot of things that we want people to know that you're doing. But I want you to take the kids that are right now making bad choices, getting in trouble in school. I want you to take them in the federal courthouse that day that last day that you were there? Well, here I am. That that last day that I vividly remember so clearly, um, <clears throat> I, 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 I must admit, uh, Greg, I really felt 
that I would be set free. I mean, I must admit that. I mean, I went to trial, so I thought that, hey, I would walk out. But there was a urgency that I felt, but there was also a fear that I felt because my life was in the balance of freedom or incarceration. And to hear the words guilty, I I must admit, I felt like my world had come to an end, to be placed in handcuffs. After being a noted pastor, after preaching throughout the many states, after being respected on so many different levels, community, civic, here I was now placed in handcuffs, headed to a detention center to be sentenced. It was the most horrifying experience that I can recall. And uh, I I would say to kids now that when you find yourself in a situation where you're faced with manning up to your responsibilities and to your actions, you've got to know that the end result of everything that you've done in life will have consequences that you least expect. Hmm. Yes. Wow. As a matter of fact, man, you know, I tell you, even talking about it now, I, even talking about it kind of even frightens me now, even though it's been over 13 years ago. Just when you mentioned that to me, Greg, I automatically saw myself standing. And not only did was I standing, but when I got found, when they said guilty, Greg, I passed out. Wow. It was just that devastating. But what happened outside? What happened in, in, in the skies and outside when, when, when they came out with that verdict? What happened? Oh, great. Listen, listen. Let me say this, and, and I've said this from many pulpits in the last month. I mean, it was though as though God's son was hanging on the cross because the weather forecast for that day was absolutely sunny and bright, and all of a sudden, the skies got dark, the rain started falling, the thunder started roaring, the lightning started flashing, and and in retrospect, I realized that my standing before the judge was nothing more than a, a symbolizing of Christ on the cross because God knew that one of his chosen ministers was about to enter into hell. And that's how I describe prison now that I've gone through that experience. Because when they say guilty, I mean the skies were just dark, rain, thunder, seemed like the heavens just went bizarre. It was just, oh, man, I, I even... I'm thinking about it now, man. I'm having chills because it's just a reminder because when I fail, I fail. It's like Christ leaving the cross, being placed into the grave. I kind of, in retrospect, I kind of put that analogy with what happened to me on that Friday. Mm. So it's an awesome experience. Mm. Wow. That is. And and, and and you mean, Ryan, listen, when I tell you, when I fell, it was as though I was headed to hell because prison is not heaven on earth. It's hell on earth. <laughs> so, so listen, listen, when I went down, when I passed out, I was definitely headed into my hell to live. But just like Jesus went in hell preaching to the captives, I went in prison. Reaching to the captives. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I want to ask this question, and I know Greg had said we weren't going to go any further because we want to talk about the things you were doing, but do you feel like you were supposed to be in that place at that time? You know what, Brian? I must admit that I feel without a shadow of a doubt that that's where 
I was supposed to be. That's where I was supposed to go, simply because I know my choices had consequences, but I also know that a lot of people may not agree, but you've got to know that God has the permissive will, and in his permissive will, he will allow you to go through some things that will bring you into a relationship that will give you insight, inspiration, and information for the mandate he has for your life. Jonah tried to run away from God, ended up just what God wanted him. God had a prepared well, fish ready for Jonah. And it was in that hell where Jonah understood his assignment. So, so I would say it was a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. There are many who would, you know, probably want to debate it, but for me, per for me, it was a part of my assignment. I couldn't get around it, and I thank God that it was part of it because I tell you now I can see more, I can understand more, and I know more about the power of our God. You know, Mr. James, I hear people say all the time, I need my strength. I, I need more strength. And they pray for that. And I, and I, and I, and I listen to people that say that, and I, and I, and I want to ask them, do you know what you're asking for? Because for him to increase your strength, he's got to take you somewhere else so, he, so he'll let you know that your strength can be better or greater. Oh, oh, without a doubt, Greg, Greg, you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, when you're talking about praying for strength, then you're asking. It's just like it's just like going to the weights and going to the gym, and you're saying, <laughs> "I want to get stronger. I want to get stronger." Okay, if you want to get stronger, then we got to add more weights. And when we add more weights, guess what? It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a strain for you to bench, for you to pull, for you to lift. But that's the only way your strength is going to increase. So when you want more strength, you can look for more trials. <laughs> Man, I tell you, I tell you, Brian and Greg, you guys have really begun to stir something up in me, I tell you. I uh Yes, Mr. James, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yes, okay. We have Katura on, Brian. Let's bring in Katura for the two one two. That's All right. number. And I think, Mr. James, you wanted to uh, probably introduce Katora and tell us what Katora is doing. Right, right. Katora Austin. Katora has been working with me since I've been out. She's working with our public relations and marketing. We've got an aspect of one of the projects. You know what? I tell you what I need to do before I bring Katora on. I really need to tell you about, and I guess we can get back to that, huh? Well, let me just Go tell ahead. you about Go it. Ahead. I, I really want it. <laughs> I really wanted to tell you about reclaiming the land because um, that's what we're about. Uh, reclaiming the land is a is an organization that was birthed. Like I told you, the labor pains were given while I was in prison. And when we look at our land and when we see what we're faced with, I mean, when we see how um, we as African Americans are 13% of the general population and 60% of the prison population, and when we understand that, Seventy percent of all inmates released from prison will return to prison again. When we look at our education system, when we look at our teenage pregnancy rate, when we, when we look at one third of African Americans between the ages of twenty and twenty nine are under some type of criminal justice system. I mean, when we just look at that, I mean, the numbers are are just overwhelming. And and I gave birth through what I was involved in prison, the reclaiming of the land, and through that. Our mission has been to make sure that we can bring forth a kingdom agenda. And Katura Austin is is working with us as our public relations and marketing person as far as working with our outreach program with prison reform. So I like to bring Katura on. Katura, how are you tonight? Actually, we just lost Katura. <laughs> we lost Katura. Come on, you can't do that to me, Greg. You're right. Oh, well, y'all got to find Katura. We got to bring Katura on. 
All yeah, right, we'll, I think this we'll, may be her calling back. Okay, let's get Katura. Hello? Hey, Katura, Dave, Brian, Greg, listen, you guys are great. You found Katura, great. <laughs> okay, Katura, I just was telling the audience, the radio listeners about you, about the work that you're doing with prison reform, about how you are really working to become the voice for the voiceless. So if you will, Katura, tell them about some of the things under Reclaiming the Land that you're doing in our efforts. Yes, yes, I would like to say hello, gentlemen. Um, got a little disconnected, but I was lost and I am found. Um, we are definitely living in a historical moment. You guys know, I don't, I can't even stress this enough, um, one of the first black <laughs> um, male for a large party. So we are living in a time of change right now, and if we want things to change, we have to bring about that change by registering to vote. If you are not registered, you register for someone who can't vote. Every vote counts. Become a voice for the voiceless. If you have someone in prison, they need a voice. Ex-felons, there are more than 2 million ex-felons who cannot vote. We need to get them registered or become a voice for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Katura, uh, um, how can someone that that wants to help? How can they get in touch with you, and and how can they get in contact with Mr. James? I know they're going to get in contact through you, so that that would answer the the question as far as contact. How can they get in contact with you? Okay. Um. Yes, I can be reached personally. Um. K U N I Q U E A at gmail dot com. Go to the website, www.gregjamesministry.com. Um, link on to the email. You can reach myself. You can reach um, Greg by means. We're just trying to get the word out. This is, we need to reclaim ourselves. We need to take hold of what is rightfully ours in this society. I mean, the if you don't have the option to vote, that's showing that you don't have a choice. And, and we need to bring about change and choices for everybody. Yeah. i tell you what, it, it's it's a wonderful thing how Mr. James is tying all of this, this in. And when he says reclaiming the land, he's not just talking about voting. He's talking about a number of different things. And, Mr. James, what are some of the other things that you're going to uh, reclaim when we when we take this, this big movement that you have going? Well, I tell you, uh, Greg, when we talk about reclaiming the land, there is so much that that the land entails. And we're talking about our sons and our daughters. We're talking about our, our, our educational system. We're talking about the family. We're talking about the man. Listen, let me tell you something. We are in the process right now in Tallahassee, Planning. We're getting ready for a thousand-man rally. We're talking about. I've I've met with Commissioner Bill Proctor. We've been talking. He's the commissioner here, and he's the man of God. And we understand the the importance of the man uh, after being incarcerated for over a decade, realizing that we're losing our men. We're losing them, and and it's so important now that we reclaim the man. The man must reposition himself so that he can be the king, so that he can stand out in the community as the head. So we're planning for an over 1,000-man rally the last weekend in July. We're talking about going back to the basics. When God asked Adam, he said, Adam, where art thou? Adam was out of position. And here we are in 2008, Greg. And you know, you got to really forgive me because I'm very passionate about this. We're out of position. And until we get back in position, the land cannot be healed. The Bible said, if my people, which are called by my name, hold them, we've got to get the man. We've got to get the man back in position. So we are making a challenge and a call to all men listeners to come out and be a part of this day of recognition, redemption, and 
and reclaiming. We're, we're, we're talking about men at midnight. And for more information, I mean, go to the website. That's www.gregjamesministry.com. Send us your information. Email us your information so that we can get you a part. So we're talking about the man. Not only that, but we're starting, we've started a major letter-writing campaign for all of those who are incarcerated. We have a person who handles our letter-writing. We're writing, we're encouraging, we're informing, we're inspiring those who are still behind prison walls. We're talking about reclaiming our land. Awesome. Katora, wow. are you still there, Katora? Yes, I am. Yes, Katora, I think there was someone else we were going to have on. Did Did, did okay. you have someone else that you wanted to speak tonight? Yes. I, let me see if I can connect. Hold on. Well, hold on. Oh. Hold on just a second. This may be her right here. Call okay. us from the 893. Are you yes. there? Yes. yes. Okay, great. That must be Dr. Boston. Okay. Is that Dr. Okay, Bryant, Bryant, Greg, please let me tell you about Dr. Boston, please. I mean, I mean, listen to me. I have just been released, and and because I've got a vision and a mandate on my life, I tell you, God has strategically placed around me the people that are needed to help move this vision, move this project forward. Dr. Boston, she is heading up our education and community project for reclaiming the land. And, and when you talk about reclaiming the land, there are, there are so many initiatives that we are embarking upon. I can't do it all, but I thank God that he's sending people, Greg, and Brian, who has the passion to do it. Dr. Boston, why don't you tell us, the radio listeners and Greg and Brian, about our education initiative. Okay, good. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, Hello. Our first education initiative is uh, actually Positive Proof Mentoring Program, and we have um, actually gotten approval from the school district to go into the schools to pilot this program. And it's actually an intervention program designed to work with those at-risk youth who, for the most part, may be on the verge of going down the wrong path and need that extra guidance, that extra attention to convince them that there's a better way. Um, the program, for the most part, is de- designed around um, academic skills, life choices, character education, and there's a component that deals with entrepreneurship because um, many of these at-risk students um, probably will not pursue college, and um, we like to, uh, with this program, through this program, we are hoping to give them um, some information, uh, a curriculum that will guide them into another direction that will ultimately uh, allow them to see that vocationally they can be a positive um, part of their community. And uh, with the graduation rates in Florida being um, as uh, devastating as they are in terms of the, the rates right now, um, 56% almost Sixty percent of black students in the high schools do not graduate, mm-hmm. and um, that is really disturbing compared to, um, you know, the numbers of their their peers. So we are hoping that through this intervention program, we can encourage students to do better in school, to improve their academic skills, and to hopefully make better life choices. Um, and I think with uh, Greg's uh, really. Uh, con- the, 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 his story and his uh, conviction to reclaiming the kids uh, through Reclaiming the Land, Inc., we can make a difference in the lives of um, students who may be headed down the wrong road. Yes. You know, I, I want to say this, and, and Brian, uh, you, 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 I know you remember this, but Mr. James and Ms. Boston, we, Brian and I, we spent a lot of time in the juvenile justice system. Mm-hmm. We, we, were, we were volunteering a lot of our time out at the uh, Detention center out by the airport. Seminar okay. work and learn. Right. We were there. We learned, Ryan and I learned that with these children, they are very, very smart. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is tweak what they're yes. doing just a little bit. That is so true. And what we learned is these kids 
have the leadership skills and ability to build big, big corporations. Mm-hmm. You're we right. asked them, you know, Brian and I, we put them to the test. We asked them questions. We asked them, if you wanted to put drugs in a community, how would you do it? Mm-hmm. One of the kids said, well, one, the one way I would do it, I would do it through books. I would put the dope inside the book and get wow. it. it Brian, you remember that? I remember that. <laughs> this kid was saying things that was just, just blowing you away. Yeah. Yeah. And just yeah. think, if you can channel that type of energy and intellect into something positive, what these kids could potentially be. Yeah, right. yes. And exactly. Did, yes, and what we did was we played role. We placed them in positions that they never thought they would be in. Mm-hmm. We, we, we did role plays. We placed some of them as judges, lawyers, and we and what we did was we gave them the responsibility of judging their own peers. Mm-hmm. Now, that was very, very powerful because the things that they were saying to the people that they were convicting is the very same things that they are actually doing. Well, wow. you know what, Greg? Greg, you know what? Let me share this with you because what you have just said is what I discovered some time ago while I was going through the birthing pains in prison. I was given an opportunity to put together a program to speak to youth in the community. We couldn't go out because we were surrounded by a fence, but the warden was able to bring kids in, and we started a drama, a theatrical program that, place them in a situation where they were able, as you said, to judge their peers, to speak to their peers, and they played the part. And that program was so effective until, upon my release, Dr. Boston and Couture and I, we've been working tremendously hard, and we've got that kind of program at work. We're getting ready to pilot right now. And one of the major components is theatrics, the drama, drama of the plays. Mm-hmm. Because we kids, everybody are speaking to them, everybody is talking to them, but now we've got to show them and let them talk about what they have just seen and then allow them to put themselves in that situation. Yeah. Oh, we are, we're on to something, Greg. Greg, oh, yeah. Ryan, we're on to something. I hear, I hear. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm looking on your uh, I'm on your website, uh, gregjames.com, and I'm looking at it says below is the listing of the future ministries that will be incorporated. And right. The one thing that I saw was that kind of caught my eye. Well, two things actually, but the one thing was the Lazarus program. Wow. And immediately when I saw that, I said, Wow. He wants to bring the bring the community back from the dead. Come from uh, you you know what, Brian you Brian, you got it. Brian, you got it. Brian, that's what it's about. Bringing back to life what has been buried. We've lost morals. We've lost values. We lost mentoring. Brian, our community, our homes must come back to life. And the Lazarus Project is a project that's designed in every phase to bring back to life. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, and the thing that caught my attention by it, because when you talk about bringing the community back to life, you know, that's what got my, 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 my brain here to just spinning, because I thought about what Greg and I used to do. Greg and I used to coach uh, Pee Wee League football here in town with the city league and we could see so many of these kids and they have gone through so much and you know they most of them were products of single parent families most of them have gone through trial and tribulation and turmoil and they just responded to the simplest of attention somebody pays enough attention to them like right now we see some kids that we've coached years ago and you know Greg coached a lot longer than I did but I see kids now that I've coached in my first year coaching that are not playing in high school ball, and, you know, they remember the things that we told them. And they said, you know what, y'all listened to us. Nobody else listened to us, but y'all did. You know, and that's, that's, that's the one thing I thought about with the Lazarus program. You know, when, when Jesus told Lazarus to come forth, he listened. He had to. 
And, and you know what has happened? And, and, and you know, Brian, I tell you now, you're about to really crank me up because now, not only, <laughs> not only did he listen, but also he was instructed to 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 lose. He was he gave instructions for them to lose him and change his clothes. So we've got to change not only clothes, but we got to change the mindsets of those that we're bringing back to life. We've got to get them into a different mode of thinking. As a matter of fact, that's something Katura has been working on with a program, with a project, really, that she has called Take a Stand. Katura, could you mention that under the Lazarus program? Yes. Um, what we're doing now is getting a bulletin together for the website and where you can just write in, anyone can write in what's going on in your town, what's going on with you, things that are happening. We need to speak up, start speaking out. If you don't feel like anyone understands you, we would like to help you. Instead of acting out, speak out. And um, and that's something that's, that's still under reclaiming the land. I mean, there's so many facets, and it's just so much that we are doing at one time. And um, any way that we can make things better just by reclaiming ourselves, we're, we're going to do and strive to do. Awesome, awesome. Dr. Boston, I, I know that with the education program that you're working with, do you have anything, I know you do, but I want you to, to talk about it, as far as helping these kids with this FCAT? Um, well, actually we do. Um, many of the activities that we have designed are centered around critical literacy, uh, my background is actually English. I'm a, a professor of English at Florida A&M University, and um, I know that with the students who we are going to be dealing with, the at-risk students, um, we actually did meet with the um, social studies class. The element of critical literacy is something that will address uh, reading skills as well as writing skills. Um, and just the critical thinking skills necessary to do uh, things like logic. So some, through some of the activities that we have designed, um, because we have three days that we are actually in the school, one day is actually designated for um, academics, we are hoping to be able to work with students um, specifically with their critical liter literacy skills um, to address some of the, the challenges they may be having with those um, specific uh, areas. Um, we don't have an extended amount of time with the students, but we right. do want to have one day that is, is uh, con that we concentrate on academics because many of them do have um, FCAT challenges, and ultimately when they get stuck in these grades and they cannot be promoted, ultimately they are simply inclined to drop out. Yeah. And we are hoping that if we can um, encourage a student to uh, prepare assignments on time to uh, turn, uh, I guess, turn uh, uh, their efforts in terms of um, preparing work and, and working with, with uh, teachers in the classroom, turn their attitudes around so that they are a little bit more positive. Because most of these students, when we talked to the uh, teachers, they said they spend most of their days in in-school detention or they're just sitting in the back of the class and the, and the teacher just wants them to be quiet. As long as they're not disruptive, they don't really engage the students. So we're hoping that as we take them out of the classrooms and work with them, we can change their attitudes, turn some, some bad attitudes into positive attitudes, and then help to in, enhance their academic skill levels. And hopefully that will have some impact on how they perform on FCAT. You know what you know, we've learned, Dr. Boston, Brian, and I, you know what we've learned? We've learned that before you can get a child, I, I guess, to sit in class and do what they're supposed to do, the ones that are having problems, we've learned that you need to, we, at some point, someone needs to find out why this kid is acting out. There that's, is that's a true. problem. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the kids that we found out have been molested. A lot of the little mm -hmm. boys were molested and the little girls were molested and raped, we mm. have to get at the root of the problem. And once we can get to that root of the problem, and I think a lot of it comes from because this has happened and they've been hurt so much mm -hmm. that they don't have that, that lack of, they don't have that, that confidence that they need 
to, to push them up. So a lot of times they just act out. That That is true. That is yeah. true. And that is what we are finding. Um, there was an incident with a student who was acting out until somebody actually took that student aside to find out what was wrong with them. Ultimately, they determined that the, the child was not eating, that mm. the, the parent was, I don't know, for whatever reason, not present. The, the child was not eating, eating in the evening time, not eating in the morning, and so primarily the only meal they were getting was lunch. So wow. during that, you know, during the course of the day, they were acting out in an effort to, you know, be able to get sent out of class so that maybe they could get to the lunchroom in time just to eat. Mm. And nobody ever asked them. Nobody ever took time to, to sit down and, and find out, you know, what was going on at home. And these are things that I think m many of us just take for granted. We assume that children have three meals a day. There's somebody at home waiting to work with them and do their homework. And, you know, a lot of these things are missing components in children's lives. So I think through our mentoring component uh, with the pilot program that we, we intend to, um, to introduce, the mentoring is going to really tap into the needs and concerns of these, these kids who, for the most part, aren't getting an attention because now teachers don't have time to sit down and talk to students. You know, they have so many hours in the course of the day, and then they have this test that they have to prepare these students for. So they're really facilitating. They're not really teaching anymore. Right. And um, we're hoping that through our program that we can tap into these students and, and make some changes. Mr. You know, it was something that Go you ahead, said, Brian. Dr. Boston that was just so intriguing. You said teaching them about how to properly prepare their work. Yeah. See, that's something that that I've never heard anybody discuss. Yeah, and they because many people assume. I've had students who don't know what it means to indent. They'll write a big, long, giant, giant paragraph, and until somebody actually tells them, okay, I want your name and your date on your paper, and, and with every new paragraph, with every new grouping of sentences, you need to indent. A student actually asked me, well, what do you mean by indent? You know, move those words in so many spaces. There are a host of things that I think many teachers now assume students know, and they don't know because, you know, things move so quickly, and, and not everybody learns at the same pace. We have a host of uh, students in the classroom who are different types of learners, and not everybody learns by listening. There are those who are, are you know, they have to be hands-on. They have to be walked through things. So um, I think with, with teachers being forced to really facilitate in classrooms now and accountability and, and you know, this assessment with the testing, um, teachers can't really dedicate a lot of time to doing things like, Really teaching. teaching. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not there anymore. <laughs> you know what? I want to ask Mr. James. You know the interaction with the kids today, uh, and I, and I, you know, and I'm not bashing anyone, but it just seems like a lot of us older people, we just don't know how to interact with the younger people. And and when I say that, the places that we go, sometimes I, I understand that the kids have to be disciplined and they have to follow the, the rules and policies and procedures. But it's just the regular conversations that they have with their superiors that's just it just bothers me. And it's like they've been working there so long that these are no longer kids; they're just numbers, and that's how they treat them. And Ms. James, you know, how can a child? We're talking about kids. How can they? straighten up and say, oh, you know what, my life can be better than this, when they're just constantly being beaten over the head with numbers and being treated less than human. Well, you know, it's, it's definitely a challenge, uh, Greg, and, and, and what we, what we, what we, uh, what we, what, what's in our heart to do is that, you know, every kid is special. And, and when that component of love and when that component of concern and care is shown, then it brings forth that kind of reward that you're looking for from a kid. So, so what we what we're trying to do at reclaiming the land and some of the projects that we are we are getting ready to pilot, especially with the kids who are dealing with you know juvenile problems, they're dealing with problems at home. We are trying to become that force that assures that kid that your life matter, that you matter. And because of so many men who are 
a part of what we're doing, who've made mistakes, we're going to let our lives be an example. We're going to be transparent to say that, hey, this is what happens when you make bad choices. So we're here to help you develop, to help you grow, to help you to excel, because we know you can do it. So that that's where we're at, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm excited, and I, I am so grateful for Brian and yourself, Greg, to have me and Dr. Boston and Keturah on tonight just to be able to talk about the Reclaiming the Land Crusade. And, and, and with such critical time that we're in, especially in Florida, I mean, Florida always stays in the news when it comes to elections. <laughs> I mean, is this written in the book? <laughs> but we are, and so therefore, it's so important that we begin to rise up and empower each other because the times that we're living in have become crucial and critical to our survival. So, so Katura, I mean, she's excited about about us drum majoring for families and for friends of those who are incarcerated. Dr. Boston, she's excited and has such a great passion for our educational component. And I'm excited about it all, Greg. You know why? Because (laughs) I've seen men hurt. I've seen families destroyed. I've seen a young man who told his mama why he committed a crime because he wanted to go where his daddy was. That was prison. So, I'm, I mean, listen, listen, I got 2.5 million who are locked up. There are another three, almost 4 million who are on probation and parole. We're talking about almost 7 million people who are affected by the system. I made a covenant with God that I would become the Ezekiel that say the dry bones can live. Mm-hmm. And Ezekiel reclaimed the land by prophesying, by preaching, by speaking hope speaking liberation, speaking restoration, and I'm that voice along with so many great people that God has placed around me, like Dr. Boston and Katura. We are coming together with others to say we can reclaim the land back. Yes, yes. You know, I want to ask you about it because, I'm, again, I'm, I'm just I'm all over your website. I'm looking at everything you got going on. You all just recently did an event out in Quincy, and it was the Reclaiming the Land Crusade, and I'm assuming that this is the beginning of the crusade. You know what, uh, Brian, you are right. As a matter of fact, we just finished that event on yesterday, as a matter of fact, and uh, it was, uh, as a matter of fact, Couture, you want to tell them about some of the things we did while we were there? Yes, um, the first night was, Absolutely wonderful. And when I say Greg makes it rain, it rained. That <laughs> night, kind of <laughs> the next day, and the day after. And it's all about, like Greg mentioned, at the beginning of the crusade, starting it from where he thought it had ended. It's about pouring us out and filling us back up. You know, we, we each have, everyone falls short at some point, and it's not about judging. Um, I've been listening as far as um, even with the kids, sometimes they just need someone to listen. And I think a lot of times this is what the, the, the teachers are missing. They're not listening. And actually last night, Greg called for all children to come, and um, it, it was just a wonderful, wonderful yeah. experience. It was, and one of the things that, that we did, we were doing, we, I mean, and, 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 and what we've got to do, I made a challenge. I challenged all of our pastors who, who were there to sign up, to become a part of our pastoral movement so that we can set aside our denominational beliefs, let's set aside our differences, and let's realize that we've got a problem. And the only way that we're going to be able to be effective is that together we come and we sit down at the table of brotherhood and say, what must we do to reclaim our land? So a challenge went out for all of our pastors. A challenge went out for all of our men. A challenge went out for all of our professional 
personnel. I mean, we just challenge everyone to understand that we've got to get back in position. And I tell you, I tell you, Brian, I tell you, Greg, man, listen, it was phenomenal. I mean, there were over 600 people nightly at the conference center in Quincy. There were men and women. There were children. I mean, it was absolutely the birthing of the crusade that is about to take this nation. You know what, Mr. James, do you think people, and it, it, it just seems like people are just sitting and waiting for someone to come in and just take their hand and say, come on, let me lead you here, let me lead you there. It, it just seems like people are just tired of being tired, and they just they want to 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 come out of the rut that they're in. It just seems like everywhere you go, you could just feel it, that people are just hurting, and they want a new life. They want to get past this thing, but they just don't know where to start. Does yeah, I think. And you know what? I must agree with you because I learned I, I learned so much in prison, and and hurting people will hurt other people, but there has to be some healing, and people that are hurting needs healing. Too much hurt is being spoken. We've got to speak healing. Reclaiming the land is about healing. It's about encouragement. It's about inspiring. And everything that we're doing under reclaiming the land, it's about trying to mend the hurt that people have encountered, whether it's a family member who's incarcerated, whether it's a son of a daughter whose parents are incarcerated, whether it's a single mom who's raising three or four kids by herself. We are about Healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. Mr. James, I see also um, some of the upcoming events that you have. Uh, June 12th, 13th, you have the Reclaiming the Kids football camp. And see, that's right up my alley there because I always thought that the way that you reclaim the land is that you go after the youth. You're right. You're right. Those We're are the ones in the future that are going to build. Re- they're going to be the ones that are that are going to be the ones building the land, rebuilding, you know, the future. Brian, you are so right. As a matter of fact, we are in partnership with the Fuller for Life Youth Foundation, Corey Fuller, and the Quincy, the City of Quincy Recreation Department. Um, And that is right, June the 12th and the 13th. Dr. Boston, you want to talk a little bit about that? I know we got Deion Sanders primetime. He's coming down and – and it's just going to be an exciting day in Quincy. You want to, you want to share with them about how that event is coming? Uh, yes, it's a it's going to be a two day event designed for um, uh, kids in the uh, Gatson County and Leon County areas. Uh, we find that so many of these kids don't have outlets. You know, not every kid is dashing off to a summer camp. And um, the first day of the uh, camp will be a fun day where it's a big carnival, kids will be able to come out, um, there'll be bouncers and games and activities, free food, so um, that will be on Thursday, and then on that Friday, uh, the kids will come back, um, on Thursday they will also have an opportunity to register if they have not already registered for the uh, football camp and youth development portion of the camp, and on that second day, they will actually come back and have an opportunity to uh, meet Dion and Corey and some of the other NFL players that are coming out to uh, work with the kids on different um, techniques, football techniques. And then we will have some breakout sessions where the students will actually, or the, the kids will actually have an opportunity to work in smaller groups with um, the various uh, NFL players that are there and talk about what it means to make good choices, um, how to stay out of trouble during the summer. Um, staying in school, using the summer to uh, read and enhance the skills that they may have um, attained earlier in the school year. So we are looking to have a fun day and then another day that will um, serve as a mentoring and um, uh, enhancement, personal and social enhancement day for the, the, the kids as they interact with the NFL players. Awesome, awesome. 
you know, I think that's so important that also that, you know, those players give back. Yep, they do. You know, they because do. so many kids look up to them and they, mm-hmm. you know, I can, you know, my son got number 47 because he saw Dion wearing number 47. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, he, he remembered that John Lynch had number 47. So he's like, hey, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. he wanted to play safety, you know. And so, right. you know, it's so important that we do give back. And it, it's e- eagerly important. I, mean, I won't say not eagerly important, but it's also equally important that they see folks that are that look like them, talk like them, sound like them, that have been in the situations that they have been in, come back and teach. Right. Yes. Very important. We have about four minutes left in the show, and... I want to give you all an opportunity to, again, you know, promote your website as well as, you know, give your contact information. So um, we're going to start off. We'll let Dr. Boston start off with her contact information, unless all of you have the same information, which is fine. Um, Well, my information, in the event that someone has questions um, about the education initiative that we'll be involved in, they can reach me at my university address, which is uh, Janine. Uh, G-E-N-Y-N-E dot Boston, like the city, at FAMU dot E-D-U. Okay, all right. And now, Katora? Yes, I can be reached at K-U-N-I-Q-U-E-A at gmail dot com. Okay. And now, Mr. James? Well, I mean, I mean, if they go to www.gregjamesministry.com, they got me. <laughs> and I tell you, I'm going to make sure that Katura and Dr. Boston respond as well as other personnel that we have working. I must admit, man, I have enjoyed the show tonight. Well, thank you, because we've definitely enjoyed, you know, talking with you and the other guests and, you know the the information that you all have given us and given our listeners has listeners have just been phenomenal. You know the one thing that that really got me was when you start going over those rates. Wow. You know the one thing that I that I didn't hear you talk about, which I was going to mention earlier, was the rate at which our children graduate after being held back. Mm. You know I learned through. Um, some statistics that they were giving out with the uh, with the school board. They said that after a child stays back, and they were talking about black youth, says when a black male uh, is held back, he's 50% more likely not to graduate. Mm. And yeah. if he's held back twice, he's 90% more likely not to graduate. So wow. we have to go after these children before yeah. they get into those situations where they're being held back. Yeah. Got to reclaim them. Yes. We have about two minutes left. Uh, Mr. James, if you would, it, wh- we want you to close the show out. We want you to tell someone that's in that valley that feels that where they are, they cannot come back up. They feel that their life is, is coming to an end. Uh, we have about two minutes. What would you say to them? I would say to that person, male, female, young or old, regardless of the nationality. Life is not over because you're at a dead-end road. There is always hope, but you must find it within you. Find your relationship. Get connected spiritually. And remember that the test or the trial that you are in is there to develop you. Stop looking at the problem. Figure out the solution. And remember, remember, if you don't, if you forget everything else, remember this. Destiny lies within you. You can get up from where you are. Because life gives you the power to move on. As long as there is breath, you've got an opportunity to make the next step up. 
So you're breathing, get up, and keep on going up. And eventually, you'll come out of whatever it is you've been in. That's what I'll say tonight, Greg, as we close. You can get out. All right. Powerful words from a powerful man. You know, I want to thank you again and also your other guests for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian and Greg. Thank you. Yes, yeah, it's been definitely a pleasure. And now, as we close our show out, just want to say we thank you all, our listeners, for joining us with the Abundant Solutions Hour, where we believe that our goal has been met, and our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. We thank you, and we ask that you listen in on Monday as we will have another exciting and powerful show. Good evening, and God bless. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.